0: Welcome to Kane and Company with your host David Kane. Hello and welcome to Kane and Company here on the CBT Automotive Network. My name is David Kane, I'm the host and president of Kane Automotive and today I've got the pleasure of introducing not just a uh, real smart Person in the automotive industry, but someone that I consider a personal friend and someone that I've been a a beneficiary of learning from over the years. And he's got a real cerebral perspective on the automotive industry, marketing in general. His name is Brian Toole, and he's a director with Carpathic. So, Brian, if you would be so kind as introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about your background, and then we're going to talk a little bit about one of my favorite topics, first party data.
1: Ah, Very good. Very good. Thank you, David, for the opportunity. Uh, I've been in the space since 1999, and uh, I don't, not many people know, but I know you do, is uh, Kevin Root actually yes. gave me an opportunity back at the Cobalt Group in Seattle. In uh, 1999, and from there, uh, that opened up a door to Autotrader.com, and uh, that that opportunity from 2001 to 2003, working at Autotrader, got me in dealerships day in and day out, and that's what really opened my eyes to uh, the opportunity to serve and to meet needs and to really understand what was going on uh, operationally with dealers. And of course, in 2001, digital marketing was still in its infancy. And dealers were struggling to figure it out. You know that was back in the days when guys were spending twenty grand on building a website, and it was five pages, and it had little spinny things, and they thought it was cool. You know <laughs> what I mean? It was just an online brochure, and they paid all the money for it. So, uh, and then over the years, I've just have helped dealers uh, just manage their digital landscape as different things have come along. Just been been involved with that. So, um, and then over the last couple of years, have been really been focusing on trying to help them uh, utilize their first-party data. And it was really, it was from an idea that uh, came from when I worked at Autotrader way back almost 20 years ago. Uh, When I worked for them, uh, Hal Green, I don't remember him, he was the director of sales. Okay. And he reported to Chip Perry. And the whole focus was on new business. New business, new business, new business. And so I felt like at that time we had a big front door but we also had a big back door and customers would come and then they would leave. But it was all about, and I was like, man, we've got to close the back door. Now, since then they, they've figured that out and they've, you know, solved that and they have you know good retention. But at the time I was there, it was all new business, all acquisition, acquisition, acquisition. And I would get frustrated because I hated losing business, but I wasn't paid to spend any time with them. Sure. And uh, I thought, man, someday I'm going to help people close that back door and focus on keeping those clients in-house. And that's that's what's driven to what I've been working on the last couple of years.
0: What you've really focused on here lately is uh, the automotive retail dealer. And uh, some of those things that the dealers really have focused on over the years has been that website. And they almost always have the sensational appetite for spending more. Here's a new idea. Let's try that. Here's another new idea. Let's do that. Well, at the same time, they're uh, making community efforts to support You know, all of the clubs and all of the uh, things that are really valuable to making the community stronger, but they hadn't really gotten a grip on working their own database and bringing that guest back around. You know, they would market to them so long as it was part of their overall direct mail spend or their website or SEO spend, but nothing in a real organized fashion. So let's talk a little bit about what those foundational steps are for a dealership to even consider this and why it's a good idea?
1: Well, the first thing I would, I would uh, recommend any dealer to do is, is you've got to work through the steps to clean your data. Every single database I've ever looked at is very, very dirty. You could have Indianapolis spelled 15 different ways and every salesman, f manager, service writer, whoever thinks their way of abbreviating it or their way of spelling it is the way to do it. But when you go to key off of a city or a name or a year, make and model to pull a list to market to, if those things aren't normalized, you're gonna get a small list. And so you have to work through the process of not just cleaning it organically as far as spelling and spaces and things of that nature, but really you have to take the stuff, do they still own that car? Yeah. So then verification is one of the very first things. Otherwise, you're just throwing money at, at, at a client who no longer owns that vehicle and you probably are sending them the wrong message. So then yeah. verification would be one of the very first things that I would recommend for people to do is to, as far as trying to clean their database uh, and then run it through some type of NCOA, a national change of address. Yes. Just make sure they might own the car, but they might have moved. And do they still live in your area? Are they still serviceable? Are they within driving range of your dealership? That type of thing. You can do the ENCOA or email addresses. You can scrub your list against uh, cell phone numbers. And then there's a couple of uh, companies out there, one of which I work with, that will actually take then multiple records for a single customer and combine that down into one. And that's really the, the, uh, the golden ticket, so to speak, when it comes to trying to Uh, utilize your first party data because you could be listed in a database as d kane or david kane or david a kane or david ach you know what i mean with multiple your wife could be listed on there and you don't need to send an email to six different david Kanes with the same message and so if you can compress that into a single customer view and you there's software out there that help you do that That's then where you can really leverage your data. So you verify that the people own it. You clean up all of the information that's in there. You compress it into a single customer view. And then from there, then go ahead and pay a service to append that data. Now you're appending one record. So instead of six David Keynes that I'm paying for, I'm just appending one. And it's the one that's the most accurate, and it's the cleanest, because we've already verified you still on the call, we verified where you live, but if we have anything missing, then we go append just that one record. And it's much cheaper to append just the clean list than it is 60,000 records, half of which are duplicates.
0: Well, so Brian, as you describe that, I, I will confess, I know that our viewing audience Sitting there thinking that sounds a little bit like work, so uh, is is it something because ironically, last week at our digital marketing managers twenty group, we had Greg Gifford, who is a friend of yours and mine, and we've seen him present at the Kane event so many times, yes. and you know he 's all the time lining out here 's two hundred things you can do to improve your search engine optimization, and I bet you and I could shake hands on this. Maybe people go back and do 10% of those. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they just get tired. Yeah. Uh, so th- what is the advantage? And I, I think that's really the core that we would, re- and I'm not trying to sell anybody on this, but what is the core advantage of, of first off cleaning the data? And then we'll talk about what you do with it after the fact, but what what is the advantage of having that clean data? Because
1: all of your campaigns and marketing after there, do two things. One, it enables you to talk intelligently to your clients. You now know their history, their journey, you know, what car they have, you know, when the last time they bought, you know, what their interest rates are, you know, when their lease or their loan is coming up for expiring, you know, the mileage of their vehicle, you can now use that data in a relationship type marketing way to speak intelligently to your clients. You know, it, Um when I, when I lived out in Seattle and I worked for Kevin and uh, worked for AutoTrader, uh, I got friends with a local jeweler and I became very good friends. I'd go in there frequently and I didn't do any work with him. He was just kind of a buddy in town. And when he got his start in downtown Seattle, he worked for a jeweler that had a little sign in his shop. And the sign said, if you don't know jewelry, know your jeweler.
0: Oh, I like and that.
1: the power of that is you need to know your customers. And if you have dirty data, you cannot know your customers. So by cleaning all of that, it enables you to know your customers and then speak intelligently to them in the marketing messages. So that would be the first benefit. Second benefit then is all of your campaigns become much more efficient. You're not not having a bunch of wasted dollars going to people that no longer own the car, no longer live at that address. You know what I mean? And so you're very... the targeting of it becomes much more efficient as far as the spend. So
0: So, I guess probably along those lines, you and I this week will receive some sort of solicitation from a company that says, uh, you can buy this list from us and i know that our clients are solicited the same way you and i get a b2b or b2c or b2b type of uh, database solicitation but they certainly get a b2c a business to customer type solicitation or maybe even from direct mail company that says hey you know we we can sell you this list these are three-year-old cars, and these are people that are this income level or this uh, yeah. credit worthiness and such. But the benefit of, of the first-party data being, as you've described, versus going out there to the mass market and buying that, what's the difference in value to the dealer?
1: I don't like the term B2B or B2C. <laughs> as a dealer, I want it to be h to I want I like it
0: to that. be
1: human to human. And if you know that data, then when you market, you're marketing from them from a person at your store to a customer yes it's it, it's still a people business, right and okay. if you can speak to them on a human level h to h, then you have a much greater chance of retaining
0: that client Oh, that makes so much sense. You know it's ironic tomorrow uh in the class that I'm teaching here at the denoyer Chevrolet group uh in All in Michigan, I've got this data sheet that I hand out and it's something I learned from my dad uh, years ago and it's make a friend out of every customer so first thing we look for is family and friend, Uh, then we want to know their recreation we want to know what their interest is what their employment is. Uh, what kind of needs they have, and then surprisingly, their dogs, pet, cats, or pets. Uh, because we all know that a lot of people love to uh, have kids, and a lot of people love to have dogs, cats, and pets. So we book in this, and that kind of informational data goes into the database, and it makes a big difference when we can have that H to H, which I'm going to borrow that because I think that's a really wonderful strategy. So uh, if you would, Brian, tell us a little bit more of where you see this going. If, if you're coaching a dealer, you know, you've got this broad base of experience. You know, There's tomorrow uh, we're going to see solicitations coming in for the NADA. This new company can do that for you and that new company can do this for you. Why do we want to go back to that core fundamental of your customer data?
1: Well, for me, if I if it's much easier and it should be cheaper to retain that client than to go get a new one.
0: Yes. A
1: majority of the ad spend in this industry is all on acquisition. Yes. No hardly anybody tracks the retention numbers like they should. And where I'm trying to go with this is trying to help dealers split their marketing budget. Here's what you're spending on acquisition. I'm not saying ignore that. Don't get rid of that. Everybody needs to have acquisition and keep bringing new in. But if you're spending 350, 400, a car, whatever that number is for acquisition, your retention number to sell that sell a car to a retained client should be much lower.
0: Well, I I would assume you also have the opportunity to bring back a nicer quality trade uh one that presumably will have been repaired and maintained at your own dealership
1: correct correct acquisition tends to be transactional but retention can be relational
0: yeah if
1: you have clean data you can have a relationship now with that client and that marketing for that client to keep them and close that back door you should be tracking separately than you do acquiring new customers and i don't think very many dealers do that
0: it's so interesting you say that because acquisition uh is the drumbeat of of the pandemic right so and and obviously through the chip shortage as everybody've migrated from you know new new inventories over to acquiring used vehicles Uh, All of this seems to go really hand in glove. And Brian, I I have to tell you, uh, you've got a fan in your thinking and me. And certainly what I'd love to do is to keep this conversation going. And if you'd be open to it, uh, I'd like to see if we can move to some case studies and some future dialogues. And, um, and we'll just see what we can do to educate uh, our viewing audience on the value and the way that they can more effectively use first party data to grow their business.
1: hundred percent. And, and especially if you can get a platform then that is tied back to your DMS, when you do these campaigns, the exciting thing is you can measure for business outcome, not marketing outcome. That's I right. don't pull it. I don't pull a report on how many clicks or phone calls or, lead submissions, I pull a report based on how much gross profit did we generate from these campaigns. And if you're measuring for business outcome, that's at the end of the day, that's what the dealer wants.
0: Absolutely. You know, it is ironic. And I'll, I'll conclude with this thought process. One of my fellow moderators for NCM, His name's Kevin Cunningham. And he posted to the moderator channel the other day. He said, I've got a client that's studying their lifetime customer value. And it seems as though that is exactly where you're you're guiding your clients. And uh, I can't thank you enough for being with me. And I just want to say thanks a bunch for imparting with the information that you shared. I look forward to seeing you back in Kentucky at our Clients and Friends event, April 19th through the 21st. And, uh, we will, we will take a tour and go to the horse races and, uh, really enjoy ourselves. So thank you very much for, uh, being with me and I look forward to our next conversation and thanks again for watching here on Kane and company on the CBT automotive network. Bye now. Thanks for watching Kane and company with David Kane.